Ephesians 3.17 Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So I want to tell you, every pastor I know has this internal clock. And it starts sometime around 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And it's this thought. I've got to, I've got to do this again in seven days. Because here's what I need you to know. See, there's, there's things that they teach you in seminary and ministerial internship programs. And there's things they don't. Let me tell you what they don't teach you. They don't teach you how deep your love will be for those people who privilege you and honor you by calling you their pastor. And I don't want Sunday to just to be those moments that we go through the motions. I want us to come and gather in this room and it be an eternally significant moment for all of us. I want it to be that moment when you and I are changed and convicted. Conviction is a good thing, y'all. And move to life change. And I want it to be that moment that matters 10,000 years from now. And let me tell you what has to happen in order for, for it to be that significant. I've got to do my part. God's got to do His part. And you've got to do your part. You've got to show up wanting those exact same things. Because as bad as I want them for you, I can't want them for you. I can't want your life to be eternally, significantly impacted for you. You've got to want it for you. Did that make sense? And anytime you talk to a group of people, I don't care if there's 30 or 30,000, there's a couple of different types of people represented in the room. There, there are folks that are madly, passionately, radically in love with Jesus. And then there's folks who are, who are in the, who are living the life, but maybe life has grown them apathetic. And passive. And then there are those that are quite content to sit on the sidelines. And I understand that in this room, all three of those types of people are represented. And so my challenge to you is to talk to all of you. So regardless of where you're at in that spectrum, here's what I believe. I believe if you lean in and just offer God your attention for a few minutes, if you'll do your part, you can remember this day 10,000 years from now. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. We're going to talk about a mystery in Ephesians 3. Paul keeps using this word mystery. And so the first part of our message today is going to be the mystery revealed. I don't like mystery movies. Do you, can, I, can I tell you Why? Because I like to know things. I am nosy. Any nosy people in the room 
couple of I will tell you what's happened to me on more than one occasion. I'll walk up, my wife and my two beautiful daughters-in-law will be standing there having a conversation, and I'll walk up and they'll get quiet. I don't like that. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And Donna will say, you don't want to know. And I'll say, I want to know. And she'll say, you don't want to know. And I'll push the issue, and you know what she'll do? She'll tell me. And you know what I say? I don't want to know that. But for the most part, I like to know things. I don't like mysteries. But here's what I need you to, like, like if you'll read, and oh, by the way, let me just start this. If you're here and you got a Bible or something with the Bible on it, I need you to get to Ephesians chapter 3 because I didn't have room on the, on the PowerPoint to put all the stuff I wanted to put on there. So I just need you to hang out with me on Ephesians chapter 3, all right? Because Paul talks about this mystery, and the word mystery really doesn't mean what it means when we're talking about a John Grisham novel or something like that, or a mystery movie. It means there's this thing that we're going to talk about, this incredible thing that we're going to talk about, and it was a mystery until God revealed it. It's it's no longer a mystery to those that will turn their ear toward God. It's a mystery to the rest of the world. But God, it's not a mystery anymore. It's been revealed. And here's the truth. Life, the gospel, Christianity, isn't a mystery. In fact, in reality, life is more simple than we think it is. Let's see if I can prove it. I want you to raise your hand if your biggest problem in your life, the biggest problems you faced were because you made a bad decision or got in a bad relationship. Raise your hand. Well, look at there. Life is more simple than we think. I read two things this past week that kind of proves that. Uh, I read this, this uh, study by a secular institution called the, called the Brookings Institution. And they said, if you'll do, they did this years-long study and said, if you'll do three simple things, we can almost guarantee you to live a life outside of poverty. In fact, we can almost guarantee you that you'll live at least in the middle class if you'll just do three simple things. You want to know what they are? Number one, graduate from high school. Number two, they, they do get progressively more challenging, I think. <laughs> Number two, don't get married until you're 21 at least, and then wait till you're married to have a baby. All right, let that one settle. Number three, work a full-time job. If you'll do any full-time job, if you do those three, those three things, there's only a 2% chance that you'll live in poverty. If you'll do those three things, there's a, there's a better than three out of four chance that you'll live in the middle class. If you'll just wait, wait to, wait to have babies till you're married, graduate from high school, get a full-time job. Some of you are like, that ship sailed. <laughs> I saw something else this past week, Mike. My friend Stephen McGray posted this on Facebook. I thought it was cool. And you need to go back and read it. I, I shared it. it. And it was called Hillbilly Wisdom. How many know hillbillies ain't stupid? <laughs> and there was one that, that I read it, and I'm like, that is golden. 
Here it is. Are you ready? Always drink upstream from the herd. Can I tell you something? There's a lot of wisdom in that statement. I, I want you to know there's a herd. Can I, can I say it like I thought it in my room? There's a herd of sheep in our culture. It's just doing their own thing. And you and I got to rise above that. All right. So the mystery is not really a mystery. But the mystery's been around for a very, very, very long time. Philosophers call it the existential questions of the universe. Where's God? Who am I? Why am I here? Can I tell you something? God's answered all those questions. Darling, I love you. Will you bring me my Bible? I walked up here without my Bible. Every one of those questions is right here. The mystery's been solved, y'all. It's not a mystery. This life, God. Now, now, now you can never know the mind of God. Get, don't, don't misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say. But he's revealed himself to you right here. He's revealed himself to you in his son, Jesus Christ. Look, I'm like an old-time preacher waving this Bible at you. The gospel is not some big, mysterious, unknown, shrouded story. It has been revealed and was revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. It isn't complicated. And listen to me. Living for Jesus isn't complicated. Somebody said, living for Jesus is hard. Then you forgot how, what it was like to live for the devil. Living for Jesus is easy compared to living for the devil. See, y'all, y'all forgot what it was like to live for the... See, y'all so holy, you don't remember what it was like to... I, I, don't, I don't need to bust out my 1982 Molly Hatchet flirting with the devil song. Oh, Van Halen. You, you forgot what it was like. If Jesus, if living for Jesus is, is hard, you forgot what it was like to live for the devil. Guess what living for Jesus is? Freedom from the law of sin and death. Amen. Guess what Jesus is? Life and life more abundant. That's what Jesus is. And, he's, and that mystery's been revealed. The, 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 is, it, the, the code has been cracked, y'all. He's not locked it away. And, in, and, and that's all Paul talks about in, in Ephesians 3. So here's what we're going to do. In just in 25 minutes... I'm going to give you three things that Paul talked about that, that ought to be easy for us. And then we'll give you eight steps to grow in your walk with the Lord. Can, can, you, can you hang on with me? Because I'm, I, I, if I'm going to do it in 25 minutes, I've got to move. You're going to move with me? All right. First thing, let me read Ephesians 3, verses 6 and 7. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews, all right, you got to get this part right here, who believe in the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. See, um, I don't know if, if, if you realize this, but the Jews and the Gentiles didn't like one another. They were at odds with one another. They, the, the Gentiles, and let me tell you, here's, 
here's the uh, definition of a Gentile. You're not a Jew. <laughs> There's really only two groups of people, Jews and everybody else. And we're, we're everybody else. And, and there was a big wall of division. Anybody know anything about division in a culture? If you don't, you don't, you're not on social media and you're not watching the news. Our world is full of division. Our, our culture is full of division. Our families are full of division. Our churches are full of division. You, you, Helen Keller could see that there's division in our culture. Share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Are you glad to be a child of God? Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus by God's grace and mighty power. I've been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Here's a part of the mystery that shouldn't be mysterious to me and you, and that's this, that unity and reconciliation should be the default for followers of Christ. Working toward unity, redemption, and reconciliation shouldn't be a mystery for us. Now listen to me. Divorce happens. Friendships dissolve, right? Business partners go separate ways. Sometimes families disunite. It happens, right? That shouldn't be the default. What should be the default for the body of Christ is unity and reconciliation. We ought to be better at staying together than we are splitting up. See, the easy thing the easy thing is to split up. The easy thing is to find a new wife, find a new friend, find a new job, find a new church. It's, that's the easy thing to do. But that's, what not, that's not what Christ has called us to do. Christ has called us to be people of unity, people of reconciliation, to work together, make things work. And that's so countercultural. See, disunity and division are the default of the herd. And we need to drink upstream from that. We need to rise above that. I'm not going to tell you that it, that it doesn't happen because it does. It shouldn't be the default. It shouldn't be the easy go-to to split up. Whether marriages or friendships or families or businesses or churches... It, the easy thing to do is to split up. And I'm telling you, Christ has called us to something above that. Yeah. He said, by God's grace and mighty power. Paul said, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to give you just a, a little context here. He said, this, what I'm doing right now is a privilege. And I, I told you week one where he was. Where is he? He's in prison. And oh, by the way, get this. The people he's writing to are the reason he's in prison. And he said, it's my privilege to serve you in this way. What? If you were in prison because of somebody, would you write him a letter and go, man, I'm, thank you. You're awesome. Probably not. Write this down. Your problem might look like a privilege to somebody else. Maybe I should have wrote that backwards. Your privilege might look like a problem to somebody else. See that? In, in one part, they were, they were almost apologizing for Paul being where he's at. And he's like, you don't know. Stop. 
It's my privilege to serve you like this. What ought to be, what shouldn't be a mystery to us is the fact that Christ has called you and I to serve others. And, oh, by the way, it's not a sacrifice, and it's not a, what's the word? Sacrifice, that's the word I'm looking for. It's not a sacrifice. You know what it is? To serve others in the name of Jesus. You know what that is? It's a privilege. It ought to be. Have we, have we lost our, 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 the, the truth that, that anything above burning in hell is a privilege? Why? Why would you, why would you meet teenagers, smelly teenagers, on, a, on your day off, talk to them about good things. Why? Because it's a privilege. Why would you volunteer to sit back there in two-year-old so mama can come up here and have church? It's a privilege. Why would you stand at that door and hug people as they walk in the door? It's a privilege. Why would you give 10% of your income to further the gospel. It's a privilege. Why would you come to church and, and give up an hour on your, one of your off days to, to sing and listen to Dwayne rant and rave for 45 minutes? Why? It's a privilege. Come on, I'm a privilege to y'all somebody. Yeah, are, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we've turned it off that, that, that serving God is the greatest privilege you'll ever have. Because he's redeemed us and he's set us free. And he's set us free from the law of sin and death. And it's easy to just sit back and let somebody else worship. It's easy to sit back and think, oh, that works for somebody else. That's not the way I do things. That's not how I think. That's not how I believe. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how you believe. That doesn't change truth, y'all. <laughs> Can I give you a little sidebar? Let me, let me read something to you in verse 10. It's just going to blow your mind. Verse 10 says, God's purpose in all of this was to use... Oh, now this, listen carefully. It's not up on the screen. you got to either watch, read along or, or listen real carefully. God's purpose in all of this, talking about the, the revealed mystery of God, the gospel of Christ, the reconciliation of, human, of humans to God. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all... Well, look at this. To all the unseen rulers... And authorities in the heavenly places. See, you, I, I've, I've told you, and it's true that your purpose on this planet is to give glory to God with your life and to be a witness to other human beings. But how I many know God wants you to be more than a witness to just other human beings? He wants your story to witness His glory to demons in hell and angels in heaven. Are you getting that? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that awesome? Because you've got a story that angels don't have. They don't understand redemption. You've got a story that the demons are jealous of because they'll never know redemption. But God saved you by His grace, by the work of the cross. And your story is a testimony of God's glory to this unseen world. 
Come on, y'all. Isn't that cool? I probably should have gave you a fill-in for that. Oh, look, look at verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now boldly and confidently come into God's presence. So please don't... This will, Paul said again, look, please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. I'm suffering. But, write this down. See, he said, because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now boldly come confidently into God's presence. So write this down. Whatever, regardless of what it is, talk to God about it. That shouldn't be a mystery. That shouldn't be a mystery that we can boldly approach the throne of God to find help and grace and mercy in our time of need. It shouldn't be a mystery that we can step into His presence because He's our Father and He's adopted us into His family. It shouldn't be a mystery. But why is it the last thing we do? Why do we, why do we struggle so desperately with our prayer life? Because it's powerful. Because hell knows that you can't make it on your own. Hell knows that you're not going to, you're not going to be able to stand the, the difficulties of this life on your own. That's why that song resonated so much with you. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Because something happens when you involve Jesus. So why is it, why is it that we, y'all going to get mad at, going to get mad at me when I say what I'm getting ready to say? We cook y'all hamburgers and hot dogs and everybody shows up. We call for prayer and there'll be 10% of who showed up for, for hamburgers and hot dogs. Just going to let that settle a minute. It's just reality, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm learning? We get desperate enough. I've talked to people and that, that weren't people of prayer. So, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> Happened this past week. I'm going to pray for you anyway. I got a text message a little while later, and it, here's what it said. Thank you. Things are better. Imagine that. I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm telling you this because I desperately love you. See, long after anything else we do is gone, the Bible says that, those, that the prayers of the saints are bottled in heaven. Why would we not avail of our, ourselves of that privilege? It's not a mystery, y'all. God's revealed this. His plan is for His people to cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. Alright. I'm going to give you eight things. And it's these eight things, uh, these eight steps to spiritual growth. And by the way, listen, y'all, 
Everybody, I don't care how holy you think you are, everybody in this room has got a step to take. Everybody watching online, I don't care how long you've been following Jesus, how much of the Bible you've got memorized, I, don't, I, 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 I appreciate that. You've got a step to take. You're not there yet. You haven't arrived, and you won't until you see his face, by the way. So Paul prays this prayer for spiritual growth for this church that put him in prison. And, and he prays for their growth. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to read the whole prayer, and then we're going to find the steps inside the prayer. Okay, but i got to go fast. I said that already, and I'm not. <laughs> Verse 14 is where it starts. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. This shouldn't be a mystery. As all God's people should. How wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. What a beautiful prayer. And inside that prayer, we, there's eight steps. Here we go. First thing he said is when I think of all this. In other words, all this, when I think of all this stuff that I just said to you, when I think of this mysterious plan of redemption that it, God has revealed to you and me and the Gentiles and the Jews and all God's people, when I think of all that, I see beauty and I give thanks to God. Here's, here's the first step. You ought to find an understanding of the beauty of the gospel. Some of you have been hearing that story for 90 years. Some of you have been hearing it for 90 minutes. We ought to have, we ought to have a greater appreciation for the gospel the further down the road we go. We ought to have a greater appreciation and a love for the beauty of the gospel. It, that story should never get old. Had a, had a teenager in, in our group that Jordan was in said, Dwayne, are you ever going to talk about anything but salvation? I said, yes, when you get saved. <laughs> An understanding of the, Is there any story on the planet as beautiful as a God that loved the world so much, that loved you so much that he sent his only son to pay for your sin? Is there, is there a, a more beautiful story? No. Then he said, I fall to my knees and pray. So the next step in our spiritual growth ought to be a humble spirit and a recognition of our dependence on God. Yeah. I know I gave you all a lot to write, but that's okay. The more you write down, the more you're going to remember. Um, I, if, you've been, if you've been watching this, this, um, this deal we've been doing on the tabernacle, I hope you have. If not, then, and you're not getting it, I'll be happy to email it to you. But there's this, and I've got to tell this story quick. There's this veil in the old tabernacle that separated the priest from, uh, from the presence of God. And some historians say that the, the veil went wall to wall, floor to ceiling, and, and had no seam. So that meant there was really only one way you could get behind the veil. And that was on your face before the Lord. See, I... 
if, if, I, if I'm proud and haughty in my spirit, there's a, there's a lid on my spiritual growth. God can only do so much with that. Listen, I, as we grow, the more you grow, the more humble you ought to become. Because you recognize that you are lost, that you are hopeless without your Heavenly Father. That's the first, that's the first two things. A, an understanding of the beauty of the gospel and a humble spirit with a recognition of our dependence on God. Then he said, he, he said, I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources. And what we find there is an awareness that there's nothing you need that God doesn't possess. If that's true, do you believe it's true? Wave your hands at me if you believe that's true. Then why don't we try to find it? Why have we searched under every corner for that thing that, that's outside of God's plan for our life? That, that relationship, that substance, that thing that draws us. That, that, that I'm, I'm going to tell you that if you're looking for purpose and you're looking for significance and you're looking for something that matters and that will matter not only today but eternally, it's all in God. And that sounds so simplistic, but the mystery's been revealed. It's supposed to be simple. From his glorious unlimited resources, and it says he'll empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And that step is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And man, we could spend a long time here. Um, some of y'all been coming on Wednesday nights, and we've been talking a lot about that relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I, let, me, let me say it like this. God loves you so much. He wants to go everywhere you are. He wants to live in you. and He wants to be your comforter and your counselor. He wants to speak wisdom and, and, and guidance. And he wants to speak peace in, in your moments of trial, in your moments of difficulty. He wants to be that voice, that direction. And, and can I tell you, we, we've, we've discarded that. Oh, I can i got my own way of doing things. I've got my own plan. I'm sure you do, but I promise you his is better. And if you listen to God and do what he says, can I tell you, it just works. We get so, we get so frustrated with the condition of the world. Anybody frustrated with the condition of the world? Can I, can I tell you what the Lord told me? You can do what you want to with it. He said, stop. You know why? Because the world's going to be the world. The world's always been the world. It's always going to be the world till it burns. So I, you know what I'm going to be more concerned with? Letting the church be the church. The world's going to be the world. But you know what I'm going to do? And, and listen, we've got to pay attention to it. I get it. We've got to stay current. And we're gonna, we got an end time series coming up in the, in the, in the winter. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's going on. And we've got to pay attention to it. But guess what? That's not my guiding force. My guiding force is not CNN. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's, it's, it's not news, and it's not Facebook, and it's not TikTok, and it's not what's, what's the next one that's going to be. The power and the voice of the Holy Spirit. He'll talk to you. I'm, I'm supposed to go on, but somebody, somebody needs to hear this. He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. You're probably not going to like what he has to say sometimes. That's his job. That's what he does. He does that because he loves you. We, 
if we kept reading, it would say, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Please, and I know I didn't give you a whole lot of room to write this, but it's just, I, I don't know how to shorten this. An intimate, developing, growing bond with Jesus that leads to your ability to trust him with your whole life. Your whole life. Your whole life. What is it you do not trust in Jesus with? Can I tell you an easier way to answer that question? What are you worried about the most? We've said this before. What you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. And then he said, your roots will grow down uh, deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. The six things you're going to write down is that you'll learn that the love of God is stable when the rest of the world is not. God's plan and God's love is is stable when the rest of the world is going crazy. Can can I tell you? Yes, the the world is, is blowing up. But my feet are not planted on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. My feet are planted on the solid rock that is Christ Jesus. And when this world is going crazy, I will stand. Not because I put my hope in a government. Not because I put my hope in a financial economic system. But because I put my hope in a Savior who cannot fail. His name is Jesus. And when this world has burned, he'll still stand. And I'm going to stand with him. Not because I'm good, not because I'm a preacher, but because one day I said yes to Jesus. And he took all of my sin and he washed it away. And I am desperately in love with him. And because of that, I stand on the rock of Christ. And I hope you are too. (laughs) Verse 19. Oh, y'all listen. This love that I'm talking about, with this love relationship with Jesus, is a, it's a relentless, lifelong pursuit. And it's, there's joy there. That doesn't mean that there's not trial, not, there's not difficulty. But if, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. Just fall in love with Jesus. Verse 19 says, may you experience the love of Christ though it's too great to understand fully. Here's what I thought when I read that. Is that as you grow in your walk with Christ, you'll learn that you don't have to understand something in order to experience it. Listen, there's things about the Bible I don't understand. There's things about God I don't understand. There's things about my life that I don't understand. There's things that's happened in our walk as husband and wife that have happened that I don't understand. There's things about Jesus that I don't understand. There's some things he said that I don't understand. Can I tell you, even though I'm never going to understand it fully till I see his face, that doesn't mean I can't walk in it and experience it. Because can I tell you, the part that I do understand and the part is, is too good not to want to experience it. All right, here we go. Then, there's a powerful word. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And here's what I want you to hear. And I don't care if you've been following the Lord 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, or 20 minutes. Every sermon, y'all, every song points to this truth. 
that accepting that a life surrendered to Christ is the path, the only path to a full, rich, abundant, eternal life. It's the only way. My life's not working. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. The mystery's been revealed. His name's Jesus. Donna, come and play. I, I, I know this was a lot. And I know I've, I know maybe you felt like for the last 40 minutes you've been, you've been drinking from a fire hose. I, I know. And, and here's what your thought is. I, I don't know if I can do that. Guess what? You can't. You, you can't. The lot. Those eight steps I just gave you, you can't take them on your own. So that's why I want you to hear the last verse in that chapter. See, we quote, this is, the, this is one of the Facebook verses. This is one of the bumper sticker, meme, Instagram verses that you see all the time. But I wanted to wait till now to share it with you because I want you to hear it in context. How can I live a life like that? How can I fall in love with Jesus and rely on the Holy Spirit? How can I make sure that I, I talk to God when I, when I really just don't want to? How can I surrender my life completely to God? I, I don't know that I can do that. Well, the truth is you can't. So here's the verse. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You can't, but I know somebody who can. So I want you to pray with me this morning and here's how we're going to pray. Uh, I want... I want to challenge you with this question. God, what's my next step? What, what is it you want to do in me? Maybe your next step is, is, is belief. Maybe your next step is belief. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe your next step is... It, you've been challenged during this, this, this month of, of talking about spending 15 minutes with God every morning. Maybe that's your challenge. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is experiencing God even though you don't understand all of it. See, I've talked to people who are, who are analytical and scientific and, 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 and want to solve for X. And sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work that way. That's why they call it faith, y'all. So we're going to pray together. And I want you to ask God what your next step is. And then we're going to stand and we're going to sing this chorus that Don's playing together. And I want you to lift your voice when we sing it. Because it's a declaration. So let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you that you've called us not to a stagnant, passive, dead-end life. You've called us to experience you and to walk and to grow and to become all that you've called us to become now in this in this life 
God, we'll never get there. But God, we commit our life to the journey, becoming more like you every day, learning more about who you are and the way you do things. We de- declare with our voice that we're not there yet. We, we know we're not. We're not who we're supposed to be. But thank you, God, we're not who we used to be. We love you, Jesus. And God, I pray that in this room, you, by the power of your Spirit, you just begin to reveal next steps. Man, God, some, some of us need to surrender our life and, and, and believe in the Lord Jesus. Some of us need to get baptized. Some of us n- need to go through growth tracks. Some of us need to pick up our Bible that we haven't picked up in a long time. Some of us need to share our faith that we haven't shared in a long time. Some of us need to get more in tune with the the Holy Spirit that lives within us. God, I I, I pray. Some of us need to work toward reconciliation and unity in our homes and in our friendships and our relationships and our places of business. We need to be repairers of the breach and, and, and not destroyers. We need to be people who help others reconcile and not not tear others apart. We need to be people who are, are known for reconciliation and redemption. So God, just do work in us. Thank you for your presence that's been so evident since the very beginning of this service. Thank you, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. I'll stand with arms wide and heart open. Come on, lift your voice. As a prayer, I'll stand. I'll stand with arms wide. Come on, just once more. As a declaration, I'll stand because my feet are planted. On the rock of Jesus, I'll stand with arms wide and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and thank you that the mystery has been revealed. You ought to give the Lord praise. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome afternoon. Hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock for our prayer service.